Welcome to your one-stop shop for some of the best dirt track racing coverage in the Carolinas and beyond. We feature the SEDRA, the Carolina Sprint Tour, the Carolina Clash, and the Ultimate Super Late Models. Hear from some of the best personalities in dirt track racing. This is Doomwich on Dirt. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Do Much on Dirt podcast. I'm your host, Evan McCrory, and today is episode 52. We just got back from the Palmetto State 50 at Lancaster Motor Speedway and the historic 33rd annual Blue-Gray 100 at Cherokee. Uh, Chris Madden won his ninth. There was a whole bunch of other big racing, just awesome stuff happening this weekend. Good way to pretty much wrap up the at-the-track racing year for me, but uh, today's guest was a winner from this weekend at the Blue-Gray 100, winning the Thunder Bomber feature and an emotional win for his dear friend Dustin Morris that passed away a few weeks ago. We're going to be talking to Hot Rod Rod Tucker. He is one of the most prolific and just most talented drivers in the Carolinas, in my opinion. And uh, it's going to be really one of my first times ever talking to him, but I think it will be a good interview. Uh, he's just one of the best. He's done some other good interviews out there with uh, Will with Cherokee Chatter and a whole bunch of other things. And yeah, I'm excited to see how this one turns out. I hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to have plenty of talk about how his crazy year went at a bunch of a few 10,000 to win street stock races, a bunch of Thunder Bomber wins, traveling, traveling all over the place, driving a whole bunch of cars. So I feel like it's going to be a good one. Hope you guys enjoy. And before we get, in, get into it, I want to thank Victory Fuel for still being uh, a part of the show, uh, having me as part of their ambassador program. Don't forget to use code DUNWICH10 at checkout at drinkvictory.com. Find, find yourself something with drink. They have a great deal, like the buy one, get one half off for the case is a 10. So if I do my math real quick, that would be 27, 40 bucks for 20. So that's a really good deal, I feel like, in my opinion. So, yeah, I hope you guys uh, are having a good week. I hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving. And then after we talk to Rob, we'll go over more of the results with Palmetto State 50 and the Blue Gray 100. Let's talk to Rob. Today's guest is one of the hottest drivers in the Carolinas. He, You'll see him win in a late model, a Thunder Bomber, a street stock all over the place. But this past weekend, he picked up the win at Cherokee Speedway during the Blue-Gray 100 in a memorial car for his friend Dustin Morris, the number 83, in a crazy, crazy race, a last lap pass over Luke Clements, uh, and just a beautiful victory lane celebration with all his friends and family. And it was just a great moment to see this weekend on Sunday. Rod Tucker, how you doing? Doing great, man. Uh, like you say, that was a, a bittersweet victory there. So uh, I was very uh, honored to be able to do that for Dustin. Yeah, uh, it, it was really cool. You couldn't uh, really wrote it up much better with and my buddy Alex that does the Dirt and, Spe uh, Dirt and Speed media stuff. He was in turn two and uh, I believe your mom came up, came up to him and was like, we need a miracle <laughs> with like two to go. And then he got the pass through one and two on the last lap. But uh, walk us through like how that race felt for you and then how did it feel to get that win? What were you thinking? Oh, yeah. I mean, our, our day started off very good. Um, you know, it was quickest in hot laps. Ended up sitting on the outside pole there beside Luke. Um, got the lead there early. And uh, driver had a little hiccup, jumped the cushion coming off two. And uh, Luke was able to get back by us there with a slider and three. Um, crossed him over, caution come out, so that kind of deflated us a little bit. And then uh, we went single file up there. It just uh, it's hard to pass, you know, with the racetrack being so fast. Mm -hmm. um, but there at the end, you know, we had a caution late, and uh, I said, Dustin, if you're riding with me, buddy, I need a miracle here. You know, uh, 
I said, come on, make something happen for me. And uh, that's what I told somebody. I said, coming off four, it's almost like somebody told me that he was going to go down there and push getting into one and two. And uh, when he did, you know, it just uh, we was able to, we was close enough to capitalize on it and uh, seal the deal there. So uh, come across the finish line with tears in my eyes, man. Uh, Dustin was like a brother to me. Um, one of the first people I ever met when I got into car racing in uh, late 2011. And uh, we've talked been like buddies ever since and uh, it's bittersweet him not being here uh miss him very very much that's awesome that that's one of the more like emotional like moments and stuff of like a win that just really meant a lot not just because like a monetary reason or just for a personal reason just that being for your one of your really close buddies and having a bunch of his family and friends there and your family and friends there i was really able to like just feel the moment how much how heavy that moment was and how cool it really really was to be there to see that and um actually if you look at some of the victory lane photos i'm there in the back looking kind of pissed off with my arms crossed but i was actually really happy for you guys i was just there just enjoying the moment saying this is really cool and uh, just happy for everybody that was involved with that and um yeah earlier earlier in the weekend you were actually not in the carolinas you were at why not for the street stock world championship uh, how'd that weekend go and uh how was that drive back to south carolina on probably early sunday morning um man we we got there thursday had really good speed um you know uh me and chad thrash kind of bounced around in the top two top three all night thursday um but was having issues with the car rotating and uh, I felt like something was broken in the right front, but we changed everything and uh, really never got the car steering any good. We uh, made a charge the second in our heat race from fourth and uh, ended up missing a transfer by one spot. And um, then we had to run a B main and it just didn't go our way. Uh, got in there, lost the front end, got into the wall a little bit. Um, being a right front uh, upper, so we rolled around the bottom and uh, ended up fourth in the B main. So uh, it was all said and done. Um, Devin Morgan went out for hot laps. He was locked in the A main, uh, ended up busting a radiator in a hole. Um, so we were able to get our radiator out of the car and put it in his so uh, he could f- make the race there. So uh, um, once that happened, like you say, we, we left out Mississippi about 8 o'clock and uh, got back home about two o'clock Sunday morning, got a couple hours of sleep and came up the road. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, is that your first time to why not? And, uh, how do you, how well do you like that track compared to some of the ones back home? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I love the racetrack, you know, despite not having any luck or any speed, so to speak, you know, we was good, but we wasn't good. Um, so that place is very different. I told somebody, I said, it goes from having more grip, than a racetrack with rubber on it around here to the slickest you ever race on. You know, you run running around there with a 602 at quarter throttle. It was just uh, uh, something I want to go back and experience. I'd like to redeem myself. You know, uh, I don't like running bad like that. And I, I will, I'm going to go back. We got our own car that'll be here in 2024 from Statement. And uh, that race is definitely circled on the calendar already. Yeah, why not has some of the biggest street stock races in the country with um with the one they have in August. I can't uh remember the name of it right now, but they have the Street Stock Nationals, they have the World Street Stock Championship. Uh that Ultimate Street Stock series really seems like they got a lot of good momentum going, putting on some good events. Uh are you gonna try to run more of their like more national more regional events instead of just uh, more around home next year? Or what what's your twenty twenty four plans kinda look like? 
Um, so I've got a guy, Jeff Queen. He owns a, a Thunder Bomber car. I drove it at Charlotte. We had a good show and first time driving it. We run second in it. So we're going to run the Monster Thunder Bomber stuff with it and try to, you know, hopefully the schedules won't fall to where races are on top of each other. But yes, we, uh, we plan on running the ultimate stuff too. Um, it pays good for the points funds. Um, and it pays good money to start and stuff like that. So I feel like, um, you know, we ran a couple of those races this year. I think the worst finish we had in the street stock, the ultimate deal was a, a second. Um, so, you know, we, won uh two ten thousands and run second that five thousand earlier at Livonia. So uh, really, really looking forward to twenty twenty four. Um I think that, you know, if we can keep the same program that we had last year, just uh with me owning the car, I feel like we might have a shot at winning the championship there. Um there's a couple races that's far off, just depending on how my work schedule is. Um uh, but we're gonna try to definitely run for the points championship in the ultimate. That's awesome. And I like seeing a bunch of those mini series, especially around here in the Carolinas and a little bit farther past the Old Mystery Sox uh, series and the Monster Thunder Bombers and all that stuff. Scott Morgan, all everybody else that puts the other series together have been doing an awesome job really setting up these little series and trying to bring more exposure to the people in the divisions that aren't the late models or aren't the big series front wheel drives like SCDRA. I, I, the good middle ground divisions of the weekly racing scene in the Carolinas really needed some um exposure over the last couple of years and i really think these series are really bringing some spotlight to them and i think it's a good thing overall oh yeah i have to agree with you 100 percent. i mean uh just for an example you know uh, you've got a lot of stuff being televised now just say if uh, the ultimate street stuff series comes in it kind of highlights your local you know uh guys that don't never get the spotlight and uh somebody might like what they see and and land a sponsorship from it um I know we definitely have. We've had a lot of help. People seeing us race on TV and stuff from from flow racing to dirt dirt media, you know, XR. Um, I, some people criticize the streaming platforms, but I, I think that at the end of the day, I think it's a very good thing for uh, the local guys to be televised like that because you never know it can yeah. land them in a super ride someday. I th- I think it I think it's a big help too. The streaming in general, it's just. I understand from a track perspective where they can see how it's taken away from the gate in general, but from a racer and owner side from it, I don't really see that many negatives. If you're getting yourself out in front of more people that can't make it to your racetrack and see like, okay, these cars are on TV and stuff. I would like to have my business or my company on this car to be able to help the driver. Exactly right. I'm uh, I'm right there with you on that. Like I say, you know, you never know who's, sitting there they might have got rained out somewhere out west or somewhere up in tennessee or somewhere not might not be racing and uh they might like what they see yeah i i agree there there could be just anybody at any time watching any of these random streams like you just be flipping through flow and you're like okay there's these street stocks that why not i don't know what these street stocks look like i don't know where why not is but let me watch this for a couple minutes and then you'd see a car maybe it's you run really well and right i really like this guy and i got this extra money in my business i want to be able to help further his career and help him out and that's honestly how a lot of it starts i feel like oh yeah for sure i mean guys like davenport and stuff like that you know they they didn't get big by word of mouth you know what i mean so mm-hmm. um they they were seen on tv and you know uh, like for example um nutrient ag solutions you know they're they're not gonna 
see you on a weekly basis. So, I mean, the the streaming stuff is definitely a, a benefit to the sport. And I think that the series, you know, SCDRA, Monster Thunder Bombers and all this stuff, it kind of people see that and they think that, you know, uh, it could be a benefit to them. They could sponsor the series. And, you know, uh, I, I really enjoy series racing. Um, the local stuff is just kind of, you go up there and you take a risk of tearing your car up. The guys who run the traveling stuff, they more or less know that they're going to race with that person pretty much once or twice a month. And they mm. know that they can't be tearing race cars up. And they know the expense of it where, you know, if you're competing on that kind of level, I think that you've got a lot more respect for the guy racing next to you because you know how much value you've got in your car. He has the same amount of his. I agree. I, I see that a lot in SEDRA because I'm, I'm following them a lot compared to most other series. But you're 100% true with that. With If you know you're going to be racing against this dude 15 times this year, you're not going to tear him up to because you know what he'd have to go through to have to replace parts and uh, fix his car. But you'd want the same amount of respect for him to not tear your shit up later exactly on. Exactly that. Exactly. And we've, we've seen the other end of that where somebody has been reckless and wrecked other people's stuff and then gotten it right back to them and got a taste of their own medicine, too. Yep. You know, for an example, um, the 10,000 earlier this year at Cherokee, um, it was a weekly show the week before. We was going up there just mm-hmm. to tip. And um, me and Blake Bentley had a really good race going. A lap car was in front of us. We get down into the corner and the lap car, we run in the top up there on the cushion. You know, Cherokee gets very narrow at times up top. And uh, he, he washed up in front of us. And we I, I flipped four times and Blake Bentley destroyed his race car too. So, you know, like I say, it's just things could be prevented, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but... <laughs> And that was a costly week, you know. Luckily, we bounced back. I ended up winning that race. Bentley runs second. Um, so, but it's just uh, careless people out there, man, racing. You know, with the traveling series, I feel like you don't really catch lap traffic as much, you know, because everybody's so competitive. And I, I feel like racing with a traveling series, you can say, "Hey, I'm out running the best." If you're winning, you know, and it makes you it's a confidence booster. Where if you go race at a weekly race. Some of those guys that don't travel, they're half second off, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel you there. And another advantage I see to traveling is you get to try all different types of racetracks, all different types of surfaces, ones that uh, like only being slick, ones that are really gripped up, really fast. So you get a wide range to really make you a better driver overall. And I, I think that you get to see that as these touring series get more and more seasons under them, same guys that are kind of around for a while, that, that just ups the level of competition over time. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, if you race the same track every week, you pretty much make the same adjustments on the car, and you kind of get in a routine of racing there, like you said. You know, you, you go out to, to a place like Why Not that gets so slick like that, man. You, you make so many adjustments to your car to try to find some grip. It is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like <laughs> there, there's somebody I was talking to where they had never – they've always been at Cherokee or Carolina, and then they go to Lancaster for the first time. They're like, we have no idea what gear anything to do this thing. We ran terrible the whole night. Yep, exactly right. I've been in those shoes, man. We we raced at Harris a good bit when I first started. That was kind of like, like our hometown track, and we went to some other places, and we struggled. And then we just got on the wagon that – hey, we're not going to stick at one track. We're going to travel. So we started going down to Georgia and 
Lancaster. We went and raced everywhere, and you know, we come back to where we used to race at, and we would outrun those guys by a straightaway. And they was like, "Man, you're cheating!" And like, "No, we just went out and we got that much faster racing against other cars." I, I feel like we're starting to see that more like around Cherokee with like the 604 and 602 guys that are starting to venture out more like the Steels and the Brown brothers and those guys like in Ruggiero, like they go off, they've been run more out of their comfort zone, more series races and stuff like that. And then they come back and then they just kick ass even more. Yes. You learn so much out on the road, man. It's crazy. Like those guys that race nationally, you know, and the, versus the guys that race regionally, it is crazy. Like, just take for an instance, Jimmy Owens has got off the the bandwagon there for a little while, and he come back and run with the Shapers on and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there ain't nothing wrong with any of those guys. They're all capable of winning at any time. But versus racing with Ricky Thornton Jr., Davenport, Madden, and those guys, mm-hmm. you lose that edge and you lose that technology. It's it's evolving more and more and more every day. You know, yeah. you got guys who are racing super late models who have engineers on their teams yep. to do the work to their cars, you know? Yeah, like the Sunday at Blue Gray, there was a guy that maybe been at Cherokee once or twice that he probably not been around Cherokee that much or even know too much about Tanner English. And then he comes out and he ran very strong the whole week, the whole weekend or all Sunday until it became a whole tire thing. And then obviously that just leads into talking about Chris Madden being the God of saving tires <laughs> in general. Yeah. Chris is one of the best, you know, I've got a really good relationship with Chris. I talk to Chris, you know, once or twice a week here and there and, uh, always speak to him at the racetrack. Um, I used to work on his toter and stuff when I worked at Davis diesel and, uh, go up there to his shop. Um, I don't think people understand how particular Chris really is about his racing program. Um, and that's why he's had the success that he's had and the knowledge that he has and that big head of his, he's a very, very smart guy. I think, um, I think people get him wrong sometimes where he just seems kind of standoffish and kind of like distant from people sometimes, but that's just the way he is and like how successful and how good, like he's still awesome and nice to people, but I feel like some people, they can kind of get rubbed the wrong way a little bit, especially when he, he's had a little bit of instances here and there and being very critical about uh, track surfaces and just certain things with series. But you gotta you gotta respect that man for what he's been able to do in dirt in dirt racing. He he's um, like later into his career, he's been around for a really long time, and he just won his ninth blue gray and won the national one hundred in the same year. Like exactly. you can't That's you can't take that think, away from you know, him. But you gotta respect a him. lot of people uh, a lot of people criticize him for you know oh he didn't speak to me i i told somebody i was like none of these guys have to speak to you when they get to mm-hmm. that racetrack that's just like you getting to your job in the morning and punching the time clock they're there for business that's how they make their livelihood they don't have to speak to anybody in these pits yeah that's why i'm thankful and uh, ha- uh, like grateful to be able to have any relationship with any driver be able to just go up and talk to them for a couple minutes or 30 seconds whatever it is i'm i'm happy and thankful for that because i know that they don't have to give me that time Exactly right. And it's part yeah. of it, and I understand it. Like if I'm, <laughs> like if I'm in here just recording the podcast or whatever at my house, I don't want somebody just randomly walking up to me and be like, "Hey, man, what you doing?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I get yeah. it. <laughs> I'm right there with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Well, uh, yeah. It, overall, in 2023, you've just had an awesome year. Like you said, you won the two 10,000s with the Ultimate Street Stock Challenge race after you flipped the car four times in May. That was that was an awesome race. I remember watching that from, uh, where was I? I was at Lakeview for Ultimate uh, Ultimate Super Race. And then in September, you won the BAM Street Stock Battle Royal. Uh, funny thing is, I actually wasn't at that race, but I was at Carolina two weeks later for the King of Carolinas and bought the hoodie for it. So I feel like I was part of it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, we uh, we got on a roll there for uh, a couple months. Uh, like I say, we was very fortunate, you know, uh, all year long. I think we uh, started 43 features and won 23. Um, That's some I Ricky Thornton numbers. 36 top fives and 40 top tens so um very very good year um those don't come often and uh we've been blessed and uh you know it's always to try to do better the next year but when you have a year like you had this year you know it's it's, uh, it's gonna hold myself to a high standard to try to do it but um you know we'll able to come out and maybe win two races next year it just uh depends on how it goes a brand new car um, so, you know, the bugs are going to be in it the first couple months. Once we get all that sorted out, maybe we can, uh, get on a roll. Yeah. They're just like the super guys like Davenport and Overton. They can have absolutely massive dominating seasons and then they'll come out and win like three races in a year <laughs> or like, uh, even in NASCAR, Kevin Harvick winning nine races and should have won the championship and then just nothing the year after. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. It's the most sport, sport you'll ever be a part of mm-hmm. for sure. All aspects of it. All aspects of it. (laughs) At any level, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, Rob, before uh, it's been awesome talking to you before we get out of here, do you have any sponsors, anybody you want to thank before we uh, get off here tonight? Yeah, I want to shout out uh, Statement Race Cars. Um, They're building us a new car. Uh, Spartanburg Fleet Service. Uh, CRP, Donnie Cantrell, who takes care of us on our front pulleys. Um, Sean Field Headers. want to give a shout out to uh, my mom and dad for always standing behind me, taking care of me. Um, my wife, my daughter, they um, stand behind me and support me no matter what. Um, got a couple product sponsors, uh, you know, VP Race Fuels, ML Performance. Uh, Matthew Logan does my shock stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Had a couple people come on board. Uh, not sure if they're going to be on board or not, but uh, Davis Diesel Service, um, Jeff Davis, he always sponsors me. Um, so, um, Don Wright Construction, those guys um, take care of us. We actually built his son a car this past uh, winter. But um, looking forward to the 2024 season, uh, Dirty Power Race Engines, but um, I'm pretty sure that's highlighting everybody. Um, everybody, all the fans, family that supports me. Um, means a ton. All the fans in the stands, man. I seen everybody up there cheering this past weekend. Uh, got a good following, and uh, try to do my best to represent myself in a professional manner to make the kids smile and the parents too. So, uh, just looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Uh, sounds like you've been doing an awesome job. I feel like you got a bigger reaction for your win on Sunday than uh, Smokey got for winning the blue gray, the whole in the hundred lapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, I'm sure they're probably tired of seeing him win up there. So I heard something about a fight at the end of the grandstands over by turn one, but I never saw the video of it. <laughs> yeah, they ain't Dude, no telling up there. I think I think somebody threw a beer can on the racetrack or something. I don't, I don't know the full story. I just saw I, 
somebody posts about it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's not my Cherokee. They're wild up there. But uh, want to give a shout out to Tony uh, Adair and them. Those guys, man. Everybody talks junk about that racetrack, but uh, them super guys race top to bottom on it. Our Thunder Bummer guys did too. Uh, seen some four ride racing in that Renegade division on mm -hmm. a day race at Cherokee. I took that's that video. Heard, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, Shout out to Tony Adair, Chad, and all those guys doing the work on the racetrack. They've really, really stepped the game up this year and uh, finally getting us something to run up there on the top. You know, it's fun uh, rolling around the top of Cherokee. Place is fast anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I fully agree with you. I feel like this has definitely been a step up, a improvement for a year of Cherokee. I feel like they've, um, all the way around, not just with the track prep, but just how they've handled a bunch of their events and just everything they've done. Of course, of course, they've had their had some down points. Not everybody's perfect, but uh, really, just big props to Cherokee for having a great year overall in twenty twenty three. It sounds like they're going to finish it off awesome this weekend with the World Crown with the four cylinder. Yeah, we're going to go up there and uh, watch that. I'm going to help a couple guys out and see if we uh, can't put one of them in victory lane. You should, you should hop in a stock four and try to give uh, Matt Gilbert some trouble. Man, me and Matt used to race tough together back in the day. Uh, uh, I haven't run four cylinders in a couple of years. Well, 2020, I run four cylinders uh, for the Bradley Lambert Memorial. was able mm -hmm. to get that win. But uh, I haven't done anything since. I've uh, been itching to get back in one. Maybe somebody will call me up next year and uh, – Maybe hit a slick few races. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, Rod. It, it was an awesome interview. And, uh, yeah, good luck for everything in uh, 2024. Thanks, man. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Rod Tucker. It was an awesome interview. I really enjoyed it. It was awesome to learn more about how he felt through the 2023 season, including the win on Sunday night in, uh, in the memory of his friend Dustin. Uh, it was just, it was really a great moment. Like I said, during the interview, I really just tried to soak in the moment and feel how special that was to both the families involved. It, it was just really cool. And uh, yeah, uh, to finish off this episode, just going to go over the rest of the results from this past weekend. We're going to go over just everything with the Donnie Adams Memorial Palmetto State 50 at good old Lancaster Motor Speedway. Going to pull up the good old race monitor. Because we don't do that too, too often. And started off the night, they had the Thunder Bombers main. Which, awesome. They started everything really early. Got through qualifying and heats pretty easily. So, the first event was at 551. I feel like that's pretty good. And that was won by Tyler... Or, not Tyler Parker. Tyler Parker was second. But winning the race was friend of the show, Hunter Thunderbird. Third was Isaiah Parker. Fourth was uh, another kind of friend of the show, Aiden Massey. And earlier in the race, Shane Vaughn and Jacob Funderburk got into a big uh, collision, uh, spun on the back straight away, hit the wall really hard. And then after that was the super late model event of the night, which was really easy, uh, really cool for them to get that done early. And so let me pull up those results real quick. It was a really awesome night. Um, I believe... It was probably one of the best features I've ever seen at that track. It, it's usually uh, one groove, usually high side. It'll be low side every once in a while, but um, all of them I've seen this year and even before that. Uh, let's just go over the results and quick uh, your results with that. Sorry, I'm, my brain is just exploding right now. <laughs> Hot laps, it was Dalton Wilson with a 19 flat fastest qualifying was christian thomas which not people uh, many people know a lot of people assume that was like his first time there but his first time there i believe was july 
for the Ultimate Supers event, which he was actually the pole sitter for that event too. So it was Christian Thomas on the pole, second Hayden Cowan, third Donald McIntosh, fourth Dalton Wilson, fifth Adam Yarborough, and back in sixth, very surprising, it was Ben Watkins, who had won the last five in a row. And then looking at the feature, of course, he came through. Ben Watkins from the show wins his sixth in a row, sweeping the entire year and the last event of last year at Lancaster. Second was longtime race leader Donald McIntosh, who led probably, I believe, around 35, 40 laps of the event, got passed with about, I think it was six, seven laps to go. They had another late caution with three to go. Uh, he couldn't get back to Ben, but... Ben chased him down from over three seconds after slide job Dalton. Dalton fell back to fourth. Third was Adam Yarborough. Awesome for Adam, but Ben was just on a roll. He said his car wasn't that good early in the race, but f- f- something clicked on with like 15, 20 to go because he was a rocket ship. It was really incredible. One of the best runs I've seen in a really long time. Uh, fifth was Benji. Sixth was Christian Thomas. Seventh, Rambo Franklin. Eighth was our buddy Gray Parton. Ninth, Dave McCoy. And running out the top ten, good old David Yandel. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, one other thing with this race I want to talk about. So this was supposed to be a co-sanction with the Valvoline Ironman series that is ran in Tennessee and Kentucky and other bluegrass region up there, like Ohio, stuff like that. They only had one driver come down for that, and that was Josh Henry. Shout out to Josh for coming down. Um, I was expecting more. We all were, and then we found out it wasn't a points race, and it was only him coming up. And I don't know how I feel about that. It's kind of disappointing that they're promoting it like that and only have one guy show up because I feel like that could have been a cool event with Josh Rice and Chilton and some of those guys showing up. I understand them not coming when it's not for points, but I feel like they could have made something work. Back in 13th was Michael Brown, who ended up breaking a rear end and not come, didn't end up coming to Cherokee on Sunday. Fourth was the Blythewood man, Kevin Godwin, and around the field was Hayden Cowan, and not starting the event was Carl Vaughn. Uh, shout out to Carl Vaughn's dogs. My girlfriend got to pet his uh, his pitties <laughs> in the pits right over by a class trailer. But yeah, uh, cool night overall there. I'm just going to run through the rest of the results. And the Thunder, or Renegade Sportsman, I mean, it was Chris Player who picked up the victory. And second was Brandy Baker, third Tambo Mangum, fourth Jonathan Henson, fifth Nick Milstead. And I'm there was somebody that got thrown out, but I wasn't around really after that to be able to keep up and see. Somebody got like somebody got disqualified and like just did a burnout and threw rocks on people, which that's an absolutely terrible piece of shit thing to do. But yeah, <laughs> SEDRA main. It was one by Chris Baker, he won in the seven-car feature. Pierce Stock, Matthew Wilkins, and in the Crown Vic division, it was Justin Watts, Christmas second, Stephen Herring third. Uh, they had like a whole front-wheel drive enduro race after, the, or not enduro, uh, demo derby that looked pretty funny after the videos I saw. So cool overall night to finish off the season at Lancaster. I'm happy they were able to have a good event finishing off. But going over to Sunday at the place your mama warned you about, Cherokee with Blue Gray 100. We've already talked about enough about the Thunder Bomber event, but uh, we'll just quickly go over that with the results and everything else they had. Okay, it takes a second to get through all this. So, Renegade Sportsman, your feature winner was Cade Langley, 16-car field. Second was John James, third Christian Patterson, fourth Russell Williford, and fifth Timmy Smith. Uh, if you've probably seen it on my social medias and TikTok, they were four wide coming out of two on those last restarts. It was really it was really cool. I, I enjoyed watching that race from back of turn two with uh, Jeffrey and Alex. I, I like those guys. 
Uh, your heat race winners that with Jonathan Henson and Cade Langley over to Thunder Bomber. We already talked about it enough. Hot Rod Rod Tucker picked up the win. Second was Luke Clements. Third, Shane McDaniel. Fourth, Hunter Funderburk. Fifth was Luke Doggett. Other notable names to the field Zach Brown in 12th, Walt Waddell 13th, Bryson Harper 16th. I didn't know he was in that race. 18th, Brandon Green. 19th, Blake Lyons, 20th, Stetson Todd, Grant Parr, and Bradley Weaver round out the field in 23rd and 24th. And before we talk about the Carolina Clash and XR Super Late Mile event, we got the GM Performance 602 Late Miles paying 4000 to win and their season finale and crowning a champion. And look, the champion wins the race. And also, it's 15-year-old Luke Cooper, who's an absolute wheelman. <laughs> he won it over John Ruggiero and Jake Jackson, but apparently, friend of the show, John Ruggiero got thrown out in his DQ'd and placed in 26th position. So rounding out the podium with them was David Smith, who ended up fin- finishing second in the points to Luke Cooper, fourth Benji Hicks, and fifth Dalton Jacobs. And then 11-year-old Becca Malone, after starting off his... Dirt late mile career with a win in the 602 division at Charlotte finishes sixth at Cherokee. That is not hard to do. Cherokee's a tough place to go to. And I talked to multiple uh, super guys, and they're excited or just wanted to see how he was going to do. And he put on a show. I'm really proud of him. Uh, and there was a couple flips during this race, including from uh, Michael Mims from Rome. My boy Kurt took the photos on his T-shirt. Now I've seen him flip a couple of times this year, I feel like. Uh, rough outing for him. But, yeah, cool cool race for GM602. It took really long. There's a lot of incidents. Uh, I feel like they could have used a time limit here, seeing the, end, the same person won that was leading at the time. But awesome for Luke Cooper. Excited to see what he's going to be doing in the future, moving up in different divisions and everything. Really happy for him. But going down to the 21-car, 100-lap, 20,000-to-win, blue-gray 100. In hot laps, it was Big Ben Watkins staying strong from the night before with a 15-514 in hot laps. Qualifying was Chris Smokey Madden with a 14-890. Your two heat race winners were Chris Madden and Zach Mitchell. Going with your running order, going with the ones I know that finished the race on the track. Well, actually, I was kind of run through. So last place was Ethan Dotson. You probably saw the wreck on online. His nose dug in, going off a two on a restart, and he absolutely clobbered the wall where I was standing like half an hour before. And I was like, I had a feeling something was going to happen because that's where a sprint car went over at the Prelude, and it was a rough lick. He flipped over, landed on his uh, roof, but he's okay. Car's not good, but uh, glad to see Ethan come from that one and uh, be able to walk away. 20th was Austin Kirkpatrick and Nick Yandel. They had rough uh, outings at the beginning of the race. Adam Yarbrough as well. Our buddy Gray Parton, 15th. Tanner English, 14th. Tr- Christian Thomas, 13th. Trent Ivey, who was in the top three the entire race, ended up popping a tire late, trying to hold on with Madden. He was 12th. 11th was Donald McIntosh, who waited. Uh, he was second last to pit out before Ivey. 10th was Josh Henry, 9th Jordan Kohler, 8th David McCoy, 7th Big A Anthony Sanders, shout out Big A, 6th Dennis Franklin, 5th was Dalton Wilson, 4th Benji Hicks, who had the best average finish out of anybody. I think he was the only one doing double duty. 3rd Zach Mitchell, 2nd Ben Watkins, and winning his ninth and extending his record with the most Blue-Gray 100 victories was Chris Smokey Madden, who was the only one who did not take tires at all. That was incredible. I was just waiting for it to happen. I really was, but he has a good crew behind him telling him to stay out or to um, just 
come in, change tires like everybody else was. I know everybody was nervous on that team, but uh, happy to see them pick up that victory and uh, end off their 2023 season strong after finishing second in the Outlaw points. And yeah, I think that's about it for my 2023 season. Um, we have another little thing here, here and there pop up before the end of the season, but uh, just so happy with how everything we're doing, which has been going. I'm so uh, thankful for everybody watching. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. And yeah, I'm still going to have an episode, episode or two come out over uh, the next couple weeks before we finish out 2023. Uh, I'll be able to tell you guys my plans in the next couple weeks. I'm really excited. Uh, just kind of just ironing out some stuff, figuring out fully everything, how it's going to do, waiting for some schedules to drop. But uh, just really excited. I appreciate you guys listening. I really do. Uh, anybody who wants to become a sponsor for the podcast in 2024, I'm open to any offers. And any Anybody who just wants to talk, have a conversation about it, uh, you can send an email to doingwithjohndirt at yahoo.com. You can reach, reach out to me on all social medias. Find me on my Facebook, my regular uh, account, Evan McCrory, anything. But appreciate everybody listening. If you have anybody else you want me to have on before the end of the year, let me know. And hope you guys have a good one. See ya.